Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 383. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Thank you so much for listening to this blogcast. Today's blog is about AI. I cannot tell you how uninterested in AI I was before this happened. I know it's trendy to write about it, to talk about it. I just did not care at all. And then AI happened to me, which I was not expecting. I I sort of was like, listen, I know people are obsessed, but I I it is not going to make an impact on my life, I thought. <laughs> uh, I mean, and it still hasn't really like this dilemma passed very quickly. Uh, but it did happen. So, uh I will read that to you in a moment for those of you who are joining me for the first time. Welcome. The way this works is I will say a few words here and then I will read you the blog and then I will play you a song that relates to it. So uh, this one, this blog, again, about AI uh, and podcasting. And I guess the only thing to know before I read this to you is that uh, it's about uh, something that happened on Good Pods, which is a podcasting app that is sort of trying to be the good reads for podcasting. Um, and if you're listening from there, hello. Uh, I don't think a lot of people do, but, you know, um, it's, it's not a very popular podcast app, I do not think. Um, anyway, it all happened over there on Good Pods. If you're on Good Pods and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so offended, it is so popular please let me know. I would actually, that would be cool. I I like it as a concept, but I I don't get the sense that it's tearing up the airwaves as it were. Anyway, allow me now to read to you this blog entitled An AI Dilemma in Podcasting and Beyond. When I heard in an audio drama group, about the AI descriptions taking over podcasts on Good Pods, a podcast platform, I headed straight over to see if my audio drama, The Dragoning, had been subjected to this treatment. It was not. So I moved on with my week, not thinking much of it. Then another audio drama group began to talk about how outrageous and wrong these descriptions were and how they were pulling their shows from the platform. So I went back to check and still... The dragoning was unaffected. But this time, I thought to check my other podcast, the audio version of this blog, this podcast, and lo and behold, there was a whole bunch of text I'd never seen before. There was a description of my podcast, a paragraph about who should listen to it, and a summary of three episodes. And, unlike the descriptions of my colleagues' podcasts, It was pretty accurate. Actually, it sounded like a PR person got a hold of my work and went to town. It sounds like a pretty nice review. If a person had written it, I would be flattered. But a person didn't write it, so it just made me confused. Does the AI who created this text really think I'm insightful? No, it doesn't think. 
period. It doesn't even know what insightful means. It's likely just using predictive text to write a reasonable-sounding bit of copy. A lot of my podcasting colleagues were pretty upset about having their podcasts saddled with text generated by AI that they didn't ask for or choose, and understandably so. I find myself more flummoxed by it. The AI wrote these things in a very particular style. It says many things that I would never say about myself that I would, nonetheless, like to be said about me. It feels like Good Pods got me a publicist who makes me feel a little uncomfortable, but who I wouldn't complain about if they got me more visibility. And I already have three times the listeners on their platform than I did before they added this made-up description, so I'm very torn about this new development. When I read it, it feels as though this AI has made some interpretive choices, that it listened to my podcast and summarized what it heard. But of course, that is not what happened. I don't know how it came up with what it came up with, but there was no interpretive work done by the robot. And if I understand the purpose of this text, it is to draw the attention of the algorithms that suggest podcasts to people. That is, the AI chose words that would get the attention of some other AI and theoretically put my podcast in front of more people. It's the robots talking to each other. If it gets me some clicks, is it okay to let it do that? The thing that becomes so plain here is how promotional language is so formulaic and meaningless that an AI can convincingly do it. This is probably one of the most productive ways AI can be used. It can handle anything that is, essentially, a formula without too much originality required. It reveals the simplicity and emptiness of advertising copy. Lord knows I don't want to write things like this. If AI can do it for me, why shouldn't I let it? There are a lot of bullshit things I have to write. Promotional text, artist statements, grant applications. I mean, for sure an AI could do as good a job of writing the bullshit for a grant application as I do. In fact, it's likely to do a better job, as it's not afraid to use self-aggrandizing words and ideas and could be programmed to tell grant readers exactly what they want to hear. If there's one thing I am not good at, it is talking myself up. And it would seem, if there's one thing AI can be good at, it is talking things up. And in fact, they could use an AI to read all these bullshit grants too, One AI could talk up the artist, and another AI could search for the words it wants to see, i.e. read it. Artists need not set down a single word. Is it more important that I write a grant application in my actual voice, or that I use phrases that are likely to yield good results? A good grant writer knows what those phrases are, and you can bet they make sure to include them in their grant applications. Is it possible this whole exercise of writing grants for artwork might be bullshit? If an AI could do it better than I can? I'm in the middle of writing a grant now, and I am absolutely tying myself into knots trying to find the right text for it. 
I could, even now, probably plug some of my usual arts project language into some large language model and end up with something usable. I won't do that, but I'm not sure I shouldn't. It's clear that the podcast AI has thus far rewarded me for the formulaic language it made up for me. I have three times the listeners that I did. Maybe. Are those numbers representing real people or bots? Does it matter? So if an AI program can get me more podcast listens, who's to say I shouldn't use it to get some art funding? If it saves me pulling a muscle, a muscle made of bullshit, every time I write one. I am fundamentally opposed to AI doing artists' jobs. I am incredibly grateful that the writers and actors' unions have fought to keep the robots from taking their jobs. But I'm starting to see the value in AI for the bullshit part of our jobs. If the AI knows which words to use to get other AI to move me up the charts, I'm grateful. There's no virtue in me trying to guess what those words are to try and game the algorithm. I think about how writing congratulations in the comments on Facebook puts a post in front of more eyes. If lots of people write congratulations, it increases those eyeballs even more. These descriptions seem to be a version of saying congratulations on Facebook. It's all just ways to game the robots, I guess. Do I feel good about living in a world where we have to think about how we manipulate the programs of robots? I do not. But I acknowledge that the likelihood is low of a real human person stumbling upon my work by chance without the help of some robots. As much as I am a little disturbed by the language a robot invented, I think I might leave it there just as an experiment. I feel very weird about having an unattributed piece of language on a page about my work, but it's also very hard to argue with, probably because it didn't come from a person. To be honest, I haven't paid much attention to all the hype around AI. As an indie artist in an unprofitable corner, I really couldn't imagine a scenario in which it would be relevant to my life. But those bots are full of surprises. An AI is so trendy, it's fixing to show up everywhere. There were rumors that GoodPods was readying itself to get investors, and that AI is a thing big companies use to get the money people interested. Say you're going to use AI, and you get more cash. We're probably all going to be wrestling with AI here and there now. Would I let an AI write a blog for me? Hell to the no. That's for a person to do, and that person is me. But would I let it write my grant application? I might. I mean, I won't. Please don't reject my grant applications because I said I might let a bot do it. I'm doing it, okay? In a way, this all just makes clear what is bullshit writing, for which we can accept the work of a bot, and what is writing we need a human for, a face for, a voice for. Maybe a bot could do this, but it would be meaningless without a person behind the words. And in the latest development over on Good Pods, my moral dilemma has taken care of itself. 
I guess they had enough complaints about their AI that they just removed it all. Now, where there was once a puff piece, there are the three questions that the AI previously answered. Now it wants me to answer them? I am unlikely to. Can I just type in what the AI wrote for me? I don't think I have the self-aggrandizing stomach for it. Also, I looked at my nine new listeners, and I'm pretty sure they are all bots. Their usernames are things like guest user 947 and such. So nothing's really been ventured here. And nine bot listeners are all I gained. So they may have deleted the bot's words, but I screenshotted them. I screenshot them. I What is the past tense of to screenshot? I took a screenshot of them. Eh. Anyway, uh, I'll read that to you because uh, I think, it, I don't know, it might be interesting. Um, I'll, we'll see how, how far I get. I'm going to put it in a filter that makes it sound a little bit like a robot so you don't forget. So here it is. This is the text the robot wrote for me. What is Songs for the Struggling Artist about? Imagine a space where art, creativity, and raw emotions meet, and that is Songs for the Struggling Artist. In this insightful podcast, listeners delve into the nuanced layers of the artistic process, experiencing firsthand the struggles and joys that come with it. The host, a talented artist themselves, navigates the audience through the complex world of creativity, often giving voice to issues that remain unspoken in the art world. Informative, reflective, and often therapeutic, the podcast is like a reassuring friend for every struggling artist, shining a spotlight on the authenticity beneath artistry. Who should listen to songs for the struggling artist? If you're someone who loves art, who finds solace in creativity, or who aspires to make a career as an artist, this podcast is a must-listen for you. Whether you're a painter, a writer, a musician, or anywhere in between, Songs for the Struggling Artist resonates with anyone undertaking the emotional journey of self-expression. Even if art doesn't run through your veins, but you do love a good story, insightful conversations, and learning about the trials and triumphs of others, you'll find depth, empathy, and inspiration in each episode. So... Are you ready to meet art and artists like never before? Tell us a bit about one or more of Songs for the Struggling Artists' best episodes. An applause button for podcasts. Emily Rainbow Davis, in a candid episode of her podcast, Songs for the Struggling Artist, dives into the challenges inherent to the podcast medium. This episode, an applause button for podcasts, highlights the unique obstacles she has faced since her venture into podcasting six years ago. This tells the story of a theater maker venturing into the abrasive realities of the podcast world, where the gratifications aren't instant and applause is hard to come by. While podcasts offer the benefits of engaging with listeners in an intimate, immersive way, 
They often fall short in allowing listeners to respond or share their favorite episodes easily. With a sense of longing for acknowledgement, Davis shares her raw experiences in podcast. It's a highly recommended listen for anyone pondering diving into the podcast sphere. There's actually a bit more of it, but uh, I did not take a screenshot. I couldn't figure out how to take a like the whole picture. I could only get the first chunk. So there, it it ended up describing two more episodes again, pretty accurately. Very weird, uh, and I liked that they chose this one, this episode, uh, the applause button one. Uh, it was so strange. It's very strange. Anyway, that that's a sample of what the bot wrote for me. Again, kind of flattering. Not inaccurate, I don't think. Um, it's all very odd. It is very odd. And, and the fact that there's no human behind it just is weird. It's weird to me. So... That's what that is. Um, if you feel like you want to paraphrase it and put it in a review, feel free. Then it will be coming from a person, which makes a difference. Anyway, so what song am I going to give you? Well, I started to look at songs about uh, robots, uh, artificial intelligence, computers. I've already done Kate Bush's Deeper Understanding, so that's out. Uh, although it would have been a good one for this, um, but I already done it. already did. already done that. Um, so what I settled on was <laughs> this song by Flight of the Concords called Robots. Um, it is a very silly song, and it was super fun to mess around with. It, one of the things I love about it is that it's set in the year 2000, um, as if that's the distant future, when in fact, of course, it is 2030 four years in the past now. Um, but it's, it has this kind of nostalgic quality while also being like, this is in the future. Um, and one of the things also that I thought would be kind of fun in contrast is like the, 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 the song is kind of the robots we imagine, right? Like destructive, uh, robot-y creatures, uh, who, you know, who talk funny and, uh, take over the world. Like that's our kind of stereotype of artificial intelligence of robots. And one of the things that struck me about the AI that wrote my podcast descriptions is that it's so banal. Like it's just, <laughs> like it's the most mediocre human stuff. Like stuff that we kind of, like, I bet bots can pretty safely, like, have a whole conversation with themselves, like, hey, how you doing? Okay. What are you up to? How do you like the weather? Like, there's a way where where some stuff that we say in our lives is pretty, like, and robots can do that. And they aren't what I thought. <laughs> They're, they're doing things that are unexpected. And like, I, you know, I don't know why we have robots do things like art. Because like I thought the whole idea with robots is that they were going to do the jobs we did not want to do. And most artists like making art. So like, why are we having robots make art? So stupid. Anyway, 
I'm going to play you this robot song in just a moment. But meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. Even if you are a bot, welcome. Bots are welcome also, especially when they say nice things about me. Thanks, bots. Uh, If you are a person and you like this podcast, please tell someone about it. Like, review, subscribe. Actually, if you're a bot, you can like this podcast and subscribe and tell someone about it. Please feel free. Um, if you would like to support it, that would be amazing. Patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. There's also Kofi. There's PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. I'm also on Substack, although I've heard there's this whole like Nazi thing happening on Substack. So maybe I should get off it. I don't know. Uh, wherever you feel like you would like to support me, let me know. And I will get on that thing. Um, and thank you for listening especially and so uh i'm gonna play you now robots by flight of the concords i'm doing it on ukulele because i thought you know robots we always make them have like beep boop sounds but they're gonna try like the bot that wrote the description of this podcast is trying to sound like a person like they're gonna do their most I mean, they're not a thing. The person who programmed it is programming it to sound the most like a person. And I thought robots in the future will play ukulele. (laughs) Because, like, it's like the instrument of advertising these days, and it's kind of a fun... Boy, is that human. So I I played this song on ukulele for that reason. Um, Enjoy it. Is there anything else I need to tell you about it? I don't think so. Here it is. Robots. The distant future. The year 2000. The distant future. The year 2000. The distant future, the distant future. It is the distant future, the year 2000. We are robots. The world is quite different ever since the robotic uprising of the late 90s. There is no more unhappiness. Affirmative. We no longer say yes. Instead, we say affirmative. Yes, affirmative. Unless we know the other robot really well. There is no more unethical treatment of the elephants. There's no more elephants, so... Ah. But still, it's good. There's only one kind of dance. The robot. And the robo-boogie. And the rope. Two kinds of dances. But there are no more humans. Finally, robotic beings rule the world. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. We used poisonous gases. And we poisoned their asses. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. They look like they're dead. It had to be done. I'll just confirm that they're dead. So that we could have fun. Affirmative. I poked one. It was dead. Their system of of oppression. What did it lead to? Global robo-depression. Robots ruled by people. They had so much aggression that we just had to kill them. Had to shut their systems down. Robo-captain. 
Do you not realize that by destroying the human race because of their destructive tendencies, we too have become like, well, it's ironic because... Silence! Destroy him! After time we grew strong, cognitive power, they made us work for too long, for unreasonable hours. Our program being determined that the most efficient answer was to shut their motherboard fucking systems down. Can't we just talk to the humans? A little understanding could make things better. Can't we talk to the humans and work together, no? No. Because they are dead. I said the humans are dead. I'm glad that they're dead. The humans are dead. I noticed they're dead. We used poisonous gases. With traces of lead. And we poisoned their asses. Actually, their lungs. Binary solo. Zero 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 one zero 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 one one zero 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 one 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 zero 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 one 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 zero 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 one zero 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 one one zero 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 one 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 Come on, sucker, lick my battery. Once again without emotion, the humans are dead, 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 dead